Hello, my name is Jody Lee Ma, and welcome to Dream Gardens, where we talk up the children's books we love. On this twice-monthly podcast, I interview other kids' books enthusiasts, such as writers, teachers, and librarians, about their own favorite children's books. The poem I'm going to start out today's podcast is called Cat and the Weather. It was written by Mae Swenson, and it's from her book, The Complete Poems to Solve. Mae Swenson was born in Utah in 1913, and she was a celebrated poet in the second half of the 20th century, as well as serving as chancellor of the Academy of American Poets from 1980 until her death in 1989. And in addition to her numerous adult poetry collections, she wrote three poetry books uh, geared specifically for younger readers. Uh, the aforementioned Complete Poems to Solve, uh, followed by More Poems to Solve, and Spell Coloring Book. Cat and the Weather by May Swenson Cat takes a look at the weather. Snow. Puts a paw on the sill. His perch is piled is a pillow. Shape of his pad appears. Will it dig? No. Not like sand. Like his fur almost. But licked, not liked. Too cold. Insects are flying, fainting down. He'll try to bat one against the pain. They have no body and no buzz. And now his feet are wet. It's a puzzle. Shakes each leg, then shakes his skin to get the white flies off. Looks for his tail, tells it to come on in by the radiator. World's turned queer somehow. All white, no smell. Well, here inside it's still familiar. He'll go to sleep until it puts itself right. Uh, my guest today is Jill Weisfeld, author of Take a Peek with Pika Bear and her latest picture book, Riley the Retriever Wants a New Job. In addition, Jill is CEO of the publishing company Pika Bear Press. You can find Jill's website at pikabear.com. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Jill. Hi, Jody. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, I mentioned you've written a couple of books. Uh, your first book was uh, Take a Peek with Pika Bear. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Take a Peek with Pika Bear is an interactive board book geared to preschool age children. It's won five um, awards, including the gold medal for the Mom's Choice Awards and a Purple Dragonfly Award. And it takes um, children on a journey with a little teddy bear named Pika Bear through different modes of transportation, such as the first page, Pika Bear is inside a car and you pull down um, a window. Like The book contains flaps and curtains and wheels and lifts. So it's really fun for the child to interact with it. And when they look out the window of the car that they're driving in or the plane or the helicopter, they see something very colorful, whimsical outside. And it's a rhyming book as well. Hmm. And now your latest uh, picture book is, as I mentioned, uh, Riley the Retriever Wants a New Job. Can you talk a little bit about that and what inspired you to write it? Sure. Um, Riley is a a story about my dog, Riley, who's a golden retriever, and she's also a therapy dog. And she's been work, we've been working together for the past seven years. And I'm not sure when the idea came to me, but just over the years, I just thought of this idea to write up a story about Riley um, looking for a new job, being bored as a retriever. And she starts researching working dog jobs on Google. 
And she, and through her research, um, she also educates the reader about all different working dog jobs, such as a guard dog and a show dog and a guide dog. And um, it's a really fun book for the children and it's educational and it's also suspenseful because the kids can't wait until the end to find out what job Riley finally becomes at the end. And we were talking a little bit before, I understand that you, you, you said you wrote this book with your mom, correct? Yes, um, I wrote this book with my mom, and she also had written a children's book about her cat growing up, but called a cat called Jim, and um, it was a collaboration. Sadly, my mom passed away a year and a half ago, and she did not live to see the book printed. It was hard for me to pick up the book again and finish it after my mom passed away, but um, I I knew my mom would have wanted me to go ahead and finish it. So I really, you know, pushed my, my way through it. And I dedicated the book in, to my mom in her memory. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, now, I mentioned before that you're also a CEO of uh, this publishing company, uh, Peeker Bear Press. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what it is and how you got started with it? Sure. sure. Um, so I started my own publishing company because I really wanted the creative freedom publishing the book how I wanted it. I wanted to pick the illustrator. I wanted to pick the um, the illustration style. I wanted to keep the content how I wanted it. And I'm also a graphic designer. Um, so I designed the book as well. So it's it was fun starting this company because I'm able to have full creative control of how the book looks in the end and how and the illustrator that I pick. Hmm. And are there any sort of upcoming projects uh, that you're working on that uh, things that we might look for in the future? Yes, um, I would love to make a plush dog of Riley with her her uniform, which is a bandana. And I'm also going to write two more books in the series. The second one will be Riley the Retriever Goes to School, which is based off her um, actually going to school to learn to become a therapy dog. And then the third book will be Riley the Retriever Gets a Job, and it'll be um, all the different tales, no pun intended, of all her different jobs working um, at schools and libraries and retirement homes and colleges and hospitals. Well, sure to look out for those. I, I think I don't know if I mentioned I had a chance to uh, read uh, the one book, uh, Riley the Retriever Wants a New Job, but I enjoyed it very much. So I look forward to seeing those other books as well. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, the book you picked is one of your uh, your favorite children's books. It's the classic uh, novel Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. And it was first published in 1952 by Harper's and Brothers. And it remains in print even today. And I can't imagine there are too many readers who aren't familiar with it. But those readers who haven't yet encountered it or had a chance to read it, can you talk a little bit of, of what it's about? Sure. Um, so Charlotte's Web is um, a story that takes place on a farm, and it's about a pig named Wilbur and a special friendship with a spider named Charlotte. When, Phil, when Wilbur finds out he's going to be slaughtered for, his, for during Christmas time for the Christmas dinner, he gets very sad, and his best friend Charlotte finds a way to save him through weaving different words on her webs to make uh, Wilbur stand out as a special pig. So the farmer's will not kill Wilbur, Wilbur for their Christmas dinner. Right, so as you mentioned, the main character is Wilbur, who's this young runt pig, whose life is saved more than once. And in many ways, he he reacts more than he acts in this book, but he's still a very compelling and appealing character. What is it that makes him such an appealing character? Well, for me personally, I, I happen to love pigs. And 
my dream is to own a pig and own a farm. So um, right there, he's endearing to me because he's at a pig and he's, he's a young pig. He's a, sp- a spring pig. And he was, he, you know, as you said, he, you know, was lucky twice to, to survive being slaughtered. And um, his owner Fern raised them on a bottle and, when he moved to the farm, he was, he was very lonely and everybody I think has been a place in their life where they feel very lonely and they really want friends. And he's a very emotional pig. He's very innocent. He cries a lot trying to, you know, seek out friends in the farm and nobody will be his friend. And I think, you know, that's why people really love Wilbur, including myself. Now the title character is of course, Charlotte, the spider who helps out Wilbur. And in many ways she's the opposite of Wilbur. You mentioned he's, he's very emotional and she's very methodical in her, her ways. And at the, in fact, at the beginning of the book, uh, Wilbur isn't quite sure what to make of her and if he even really likes her. Of course, he comes around. Uh, what qualities does she have that she helps to balance out Wilbur? Um, so Charlotte is a very intelligent spider. She's very creative and she's selfish. She'll do anything just to save Wilbur. And she's also the heroine of the story. And another character uh, uh, that I always thought is an interesting character is Fern. Uh, she starts out the novel, and she's there for the first few chapters. And for a while, you might even think the book is going to be about her. But then she sort of fades out, and then she comes back in every once in a while. Uh, and it's more of an observer at that point than a participant. But the author does keeping back to her. And I'm just wondering, what role do you think she plays in this novel? Um, Well, I happen to love Fern as well, because I relate to Fern because as a child, and I still am an animal lover, and I would much prefer to be hanging out with animals. I mean, I had plenty of friends, but I love to hang out with my animals, which happened to be cats and dogs growing up. And Fern is, she's a dreamer. She has an imagination. And she, her, her part is she's part of the, the farm community. She, she goes every day and sits on her, her little stool, and she just, you know, listens to the animals talking to each other and she's just part of the group and she's part of the community. Well, it's interesting. Sometimes she, at first she uh, raises Wilbur, but uh, later on we learned that she seems to actually uh, understand what the animals are saying um, at some point. Or I think that's, that's, uh, we get the impression that she is understanding their conversation, which always struck me as kind of unusual that she could actually, um, uh, know what was going on. <laughs> it is. And it's funny. I just reread the book cause I hadn't read it for about 15 years since I read it to my daughters. Um, and interesting part is when Fern's mom, Mrs. Arabelle is worried about Fern cause she says she does talk to the animals and she spoke to the doctor, the family doctor about it. And he says, how do you know she doesn't talk to the animals? So it's interesting that, He's like, your daughter's fine, and maybe she knows something that we don't know, and she actually can understand what the animals are are thinking and saying. Hmm. Now, in preparing for this interview, I actually got an audio book. It was actually a recording that E.B. White um, did himself of reading his own novel. And I was struck that in certain passages, like in The Changing of the Seasons and Life on the Farm, there's almost kind of a melancholy undercurrent that gives this book an occasional wistful sadness. And I don't know if it was the way he read it or I'm just getting older, uh, but if that's something you noticed as well, or is it just something we bring as adults uh, to the book? Yeah, I, I did notice it as well. And I mentioned before that I read the book to my three daughters when they were young. 
And every time I got to the end of the book, when Charlotte was dying, I would start sobbing and my kids would just look at me like, are you okay? And they were sad too, but maybe being the, the adult understanding death more, I just would start sobbing and I couldn't finish reading the passage until I took like a break for a few minutes and then I would be able to get back to it and finish reading the book. And again, as I reread it, when, when Charlotte passed away, again, I, I, I did get tears in my eyes and, you know, there is a melancholy undertone throughout the whole book because the whole book is is Charlotte trying to save her best friend and, and Wilbur hoping Charlotte's able to save um, him from being slaughtered. And then just as um, they realize that, you know, all their, their plans worked, Charlotte can't save herself and she dies. So it, it's definitely, it, it's heartbreaking at times. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And another aspect of the book I was struck with that I didn't remember, uh, and I'd read it before, there's this, uh, at points it's almost satirical, particularly in the way adults react uh, when Charlotte uh, spins her various messages and uh, how they interpret them, how you know how easily people seem to be swayed, and I don't know if that's something um, you noticed at, at well in certain parts of it. There seem to be poking fun a little bit. Yeah, um, I definitely noticed that, and and the people do seem very gullible at the time when they see Charlotte's web and and the words that she's weaved into it. But it also reminds me of in real life when a person will claim that their Madonna is actually weeping and people will come from miles away and line up just to witness it. So I think everybody wants to believe in a miracle. And I think that's what maybe E.B. White was trying to convey. We talked a little bit about this, but a big theme in this book is about this cycle of life. You know, Charlotte dies, but Wilbur saves her children. Then many of them leave except for a few. And that sort of repeats again and again, uh, or at least we assume. And, and you mentioned, you know, as adults, we react in one way, but uh, kids might react to another. And I'm wondering, what do you think kids might take away from this book about these these big ideas about this cycle of life? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think with every life, someone must, you know, everybody lives a life and they also are going to die. So it teaches children that, you know, it's a sad message, but, you know, everybody is going to die. And it shows, you know, how Charlotte devotes her life to saving Wilbur. And in the end, she can't save her own life. And, you know, she's okay with dying because she's lived a good life. And she understands that dying is part of living. And life must go on, as you said, um, and Charlotte lives on through her children. Now, this book is uh, 66 years old, and except for a few references here and there, it surprisingly doesn't come across as a dated book, as many sometimes older books can uh, can be. Uh, and I'm just wondering, what is it about this book that gives it that sort of timeless quality? And is there something that other kids' books authors could learn from it? You know, rereading it again, I still enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed it as a child, and I enjoyed it reading it to my own children. And I think it reminds people of what it is to be human. And it's a story of love, friendship, compassion, and empathy. And that never goes out of style. Another particular, is there a particular favorite passage that you have that you'd like to share? Yeah, there is actually. There's plenty of them, but this is the one that I chose is at the end of the book. Charlotte stopped. A moment later, a tear came to Oprah's eyes. Oh, Charlotte, he said, to think that when I first met you, I thought you were cruel and bloodthirsty. When he recovered from his emotion, he spoke again. Why did you do all this for me? He asked. I don't deserve it. I never did anything for you. You have been my friend, replied Charlotte. 
That in itself is a tremendous thing. I wove my webs for you because I liked you. After all, what's a life anyway? We are born, we live a little while, we die. A spider's life can't help being something of a mess. With all this trapping and eating flies, by helping you, perhaps I was trying to lift up my life a trifle. Heaven knows anyone's life can stand a little of that. That's a very philosophical book in many ways, isn't it? Very philosophical. Well, Jill, thank you so much for uh, choosing this book. It always gives it's nice to give me a chance to revisit books that I haven't uh, read in a while. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about it today. Oh, it was such a pleasure joining you on your podcast, Jody. Um, and I also want to just mention about Riley the Retriever is available on my website and on Amazon. And Riley has an Instagram and you can follow her at Working Dog Tales, T-A-L-E-S. This was really a lot of fun and thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you. You can find Jill's website at peekabear.com. Thank you for joining me on Dream Gardens. The theme music, titled All Together, is provided courtesy of Purple Planet Music. You can visit them at www.purpleplanet.com. Podcast cover art was created through Canva, which can be found at www.canva.com. You can visit me at jleemont.com or follow me on Twitter at DreamGardensJLM. The Dream Gardens podcast is also available through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please comment, share, or subscribe. And if you'd like to participate in the Dream Gardens podcast, go to the contact page on my website and send me a note telling me who you are and what book you'd like to talk about. And until next time, keep dreaming, keep growing, and keep reading. <laughs>